Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Haley, and our guest for this episode is Amanda Autry. Now, I'm very familiar with her, and I've actually interviewed her before, and I had to bring her back on the podcast because I wanted each of you to be blessed by this amazing woman. She is an empowerment coach originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and she currently lives in Austin, Texas. Amanda's path as a coach started through her own personal journey of self-discovery and growth, realizing that massive and sustainable change was possible that fueled her passion to help other women tap into their own potential. Amanda hosts workshops, retreats, and works with clients on a one-on-one basis to empower them to discover their own unique path to thriving in their life. We're going to celebrate her some more in this episode because she is a recent co-author of a book, and we can't wait to hear more about that. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this and our conversation so much. Every time we connect, it's magical. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Um, So for listeners who are meeting Amanda for the first time or even my podcast, I met Amanda at a networking event, which I'm a total introvert, not interested really, honestly. I only do it because I really have to, but it was all about creating our vision board. And Amanda does such a beautiful job with setting a space for us to be safe, to dive in deep and really think about what our intention was for that year. And that inspired me a lot. It's helped me to help my own clients and my own community do the same. So that's how I met Amanda. And then she wind up leaving Baltimore to drive across country, (laughs) which is amazing. And to experience life with her fiance all over, all over the U.S. It seems like you were all over the U.S. and now you've settled in Texas. So I love your spirit. I love your, um, sense of adventure, but also your realness. One of the things I love about your feed is how you articulate the way that you're feeling so beautifully. And it just lets me know that like those poopy feelings I'm feeling are okay. Like totally okay. (laughs) Yes. The way through emotions is simply put to move through them. We want to go around. That feels good. But Being honest with myself and my community um, has helped me navigate through a lot of my own mind drama, if you will. Do you ever find, though, like as a business owner that it, you know, because the past the past thinking was, was that if you reveal too much, like if you reveal the realness of the struggle that happens with being an entrepreneur, it will deter people from you. It would it would make them feel as if 
you're not an adequate leader. Or at least that's a narrative that I have in my head. And I don't know where that comes from. I'm a firm believer. I'm like finding the source of whatever uh, story that keeps coming back into your head. But I do feel that historically in the past as entrepreneurs, it was actually looked down upon to be that way. Yeah. Do you find it the same thing that do you find that, you know, that still happens? I navigate this thought process often. Every time I feel compelled to share, something runs through my head that says, people are going to think that you're unstable. You're a life coach. Get it together. But what I have realized is it makes people uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean that something's gone wrong. So we can associate that by meaning that, oh, people won't like us because they're not feeling happy and excited or totally motivated by what we're saying. But the kindest thing that I can do as a business owner is to be real and honest and true. Because if not, I get my clients that come to me and they're like, hey, you make this look so easy. (laughs) But it's not. And, you know, again, revisiting the the word uncomfortable. I have had to get okay with that. And I have to remind myself to be okay with that, that helping people that we love doesn't always mean saying the things that are going to make them feel cozy and warm. That was a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. Like, where do why where do we think? Why do we think that we have to portray this feeling of of perfectionism? I mean, it is almost taking me back to Brene Brown, who I adore. There's a there's a huge amount of vulnerability that you have to to be in, right? To be in that space to even share. But I think it's necessary because I think as entrepreneurs the role that we have and and how we're constantly helping and, you know, providing um, value for others. I don't know. It puts a large weight on our shoulders and it can be a lonely place to be in. It can. If you allow it to be. Yeah. And I have seen recently more environments where it's okay to feel, whether it's through group coaching programs or meditation communities, I'm starting to see a shift. Nothing happens overnight, but it's beautiful to watch people start to open up and start to share. And I'm happy to be a part of that process because when you are vulnerable, it gives other people permission to be vulnerable. It allows them to say, oh, I can do that. And the world's not going to crumble. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That is so true. All right. Let's, I want to dive into like what led you into entrepreneurship? Because that's like, it's always a story that intrigues me. I love to know like how someone makes that transition, how they did. Did they go all in, jump in, or did they take like little baby steps and then backtrack? and then come back to it. So what was your journey like, Amanda? I feel like I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Every job that I've had from working at a tanning salon when I first got my first job to waitressing, bartending, 
I was always in control of what I made, whether it was commission. I had my real estate career before I jumped into life coaching. I needed a level of autonomy, whether it's just my personality or I learned it from my, my mom who cleaned houses for a living. And although you might not hear that and think, oh, she's an entrepreneur, what I have learned in my journey very specifically in the past year is that we no longer necessarily have a need for jobs anymore. And that may be a little bit broad, but what I mean by that, I'll backtrack a little bit. We need revenue. And that doesn't necessarily have to directly correlate with what lights us up and what makes us feel passionate. Using my mom as an example, cleaning houses didn't light her world on fire, but the she has made best friends with some of her clients. It allowed her the financial freedom and the opportunity to do what she wanted in her off time and create her own schedule and have this life of creation where she had this money that she knew that was coming in based on the way that she set it up for herself and her preferences. And that's what I grew up on, watching my mom decide. And you're an entrepreneur. You know that it doesn't always look and feel glamorous. And I'm sure she was scrubbing toilets. She was like, man, you know, like this specifically feels like the dream right now, but it's worth it. Yeah to be able yeah. to use your time consciously and with intent and her deciding to take that journey inspired me growing up to say oh i don't have to do things the way that everyone else does them right now yes i'm a life coach i'm a retreat host i'm a meditation teacher and i'm also a nanny and I don't see any of those things as separate and apart from one another at all. I really don't. And I think that that's the beautiful thing about entrepreneurship. And sometimes when we get into entrepreneurship, we put ourselves back in a box. We're like, okay, I'm going to be a life coach. So that's what I'm doing. And then we're back to doing a job again. When in my mind, the real definition oh, of entrepreneurship yeah. is listening to your heart and doing things that are in your value and finding streams of revenue within that to be able to support that passion. If that feels so much lighter, yeah, <laughs> just the way you explained it, because like for me, I don't know if you've ever done a disc assessment. I am thinking of systems and organizing and all that stuff like that, but that's really mm -hmm. heavy. And like when you are in the beginning stages of your business um, you are obviously a passionate person. You have a ton of passion, but sometimes the the look of organizing a business, which is important, is it? It is important. Can feel so heavy for someone that it will take away that passion, that joy, that heartfelt movement that you express. That is really the heart of all entrepreneurs and why they they start something. Yeah, because we have a passion. Because we love something enough to take the crazy risks that we take of sometimes leaving everything behind, which I know that you asked this question, um, what, you know, whether I dove right in or whether this was kind of a gradual thing. When I knew I didn't want to be in real estate anymore, it's because my whole body was telling me 
every single part of me was saying, you're out of alignment with what you're supposed to be doing. And I ignored it for a very long time until I got to the point where I was completely burnt out. And at that point, I decided that I had to jump in two feet, you know, and you figure it out. And in the same breath, because there is a financial aspect to that that's very real and very true. I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to be able to start my coaching business. So yes, I dove into it without a a full book of clients, but knowing that if things got tight financially, I would go get a waitressing job. I didn't need to do that for a very long time. And taking this part-time nannying position was a choice that I made a year down the road, but I dove in. And I made it work with the willingness to make it work. And I think that that's where people get caught up. They think making it work means it looking a certain way. And when we do that, we miss all of the opportunities to do the work that we really want to do in the world. Because if it doesn't meet what we think it's going to look like, we're like, oh, no, that's not it. And the universe is like, you keep asking for this thing and I keep giving you opportunities to do it. And you're, you're missing them. You're you're pushing them away, ignoring them. If I had said no to this nannying position, I would have missed what the universe has been trying to send me, the opportunity to create additional revenue to support the investments that I'm making in my business and to do what I am meant to do on this earth, which is help humans. And I have these two little blessing children that have been placed in front of me And when we think about entrepreneurship and our purpose, sure, I call myself a life coach, but why? Because I want to help people. So if I ignore other opportunities to help people, just because it doesn't look like what I thought that it was going to look like, I'm missing it. So I've tried to loosen up my grip a little bit on what I think that this is all supposed to look like. And returning back to the why. I'm doing this in the first place. Absolutely. To help and serve. Absolutely. And I feel like we have to, I think we should take time every year as a business owner, regardless of what year you're in, to really connect with that again. Because when we get to the day to day, it's so easy for us to forget that. And, um, you know, I've talked about this quite a bit. It's just, there were some there was a year or two where I felt like I wasn't making anything and everything was a struggle. And why is this so hard? And then when I met with my accountant, they're like, oh, yeah, you do have growth. Well, that was because I was in a day to day. um, I don't I don't even know what to call it, like day to day struggle <laughs> of entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and handling so many different aspects as a solopreneur that I couldn't, that I kind of lost that. I lost that happiness, which is why I'm in the, a, a business pivot right now and, and, yeah. and, and determining who my customer avatar is. I know that it wasn't fulfilling me regardless of how much growth I got. It just wasn't. Yeah. And I would almost argue, I know that you said, you know, check in with this part of you every year. This is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to say it. It's something that I think about daily and Up until I built the habit of thinking about it daily, I would journal and remind myself on a daily basis. And on top of that, I kept and still keep um, 
I may have mentioned this to you before, but for your listeners, a results tracker. Every time something came into my life, (laughs) something that I couldn't have planned for typically, these things just don't just flow into our lives. It's a result of effort that we're putting out, but we may not correlate those two things directly to the effort that we're putting out there. And I'm I'm going to think of an example for you. When I was in real estate, I was cold calling and door knocking and doing all of the things that just did not feel in alignment with who I am. Not saying that those things are wrong, but we're talking about specifically alignment here. And we know when something's off. So I said to my coach, I'm not doing this anymore. This doesn't feel good to me. And I'm not making progress. I'm making all of these calls and having all these conversations and nothing's happening. So he said to me, okay, you don't have to make calls anymore, but you have to figure something else out. You can't just sit around and wait for something to come from you. So I said, what do I like doing? I like talking to people. So for a few months, I sat down and had coffee meetings, five to seven a week. We didn't talk about real estate. I listened to them. We had loving, deep, warm conversations. And guess what happened to my business? It exploded. And it didn't even directly come from those people. It wasn't like I sat down with someone and a week later, they referred someone to me. I would have all these meetings and do my work in the world, show up in a way that felt right to me. And I would get a random message on Instagram that was like, hey, I see that you're selling houses. Will you help me? Absolutely. And in my mind, I was like, oh, wow, how lucky am I? But it's not luck at all. It's the energy that we put out when we're connected with it. That's what attracts these results into our lives. And when we start to track that, then we don't get so caught up in doing the busy work. Again, like you mentioned, not that that's not important. There is a place for that. But when I can see that my main results come from doing the things that I have fun doing, then I spend less time doing market research and all of the nitty gritty business stuff that feels like we should be doing all of the time. Versus following truly and tracking where the results are coming from. Nine times out of 10, it's my excitement and happiness about what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you have shared that with me before. And it's important, um, especially with a personality like mine, to be reminded of that. Um, Because when you look at the numbers and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, oh, it's not moving fast enough. But truly to organically build something that's sustainable for many years to come. That's exactly what you said. You have to look at the successes and the wins that aren't always monetary, that aren't always linked to a numerical way that you can kind of uh, measure that. A lot of them are going to be, um, uh, it's so crazy. Like I'm thinking of research because I teach I teach research. So you're looking for qualitative data. How do how do you feel? How do your how does your community members say they feel after ex- spending time with them and providing value? Like that's the kind of stuff that that matters. Yeah. And I love that you share that. And hopefully that will definitely I know it will help some of our listeners today. Yeah. 
So I'm curious because I'm sure some of the, uh, my the listeners now of this podcast are year one through five or emerging entrepreneurs are thinking about it. So they may be in the same position um, where they're starting from scratch um, and they have no one right now that's a part of their their tribe, their community or the customer that they want to serve. For you, you started coffee um, meetings, which was really awesome. Would you recommend any other strategies for them as they're kind of navigating that? Um, for their business? Absolutely. I would start by asking myself, going back to, if I were to imagine myself sitting there thinking about my business, and if I could go back with the knowledge that I have now, what do I love doing? Pause. (laughs) And our brain is going to want to go, well, I love doing this, but I don't really see how that's going to affect my business in a positive way pause. What do I love doing? Try again. Because that is the reason that you're starting your business because of the love and passion. And if you attempt to build your business doing things that you feel like you should be doing, you're going to end up with the business that you feel like you should have versus the business that truly sets you on fire. I tried to play by the rules for so long and it didn't work for me because they weren't applicable. Cold calling, doing all of those things that felt unnatural to me just because it's the way it should be done. So I don't necessarily have an answer for here's another technique that you could take. Here's another technique. Almost because I don't want to put ideas into your head thinking, oh, Amanda said that that works. So I'm going to go out and try that. And then if it doesn't, oh my gosh, maybe I'm broken or something. The reason that the things that you're trying, if you're trying things and they're not working for you, is because they're not your things. And being able to be okay with that is where progress starts to happen. Being willing to just try a bunch of stuff and not giving up too quickly because it does take time to see results and keeping an eye out for the results coming in in ways that you can't necessarily predict. So if I were to give a more clear answer to that question, it's truly ask yourself what you want. And if you find yourself saying should, 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 don't do those things. (laughs) In all honesty, the best advice that my coach ever gave me was if you say I should do this, do not do that thing until you can come up with a more compelling reason that that's the action that you need to take. Right, right. But there's another side to that, too, you know, because here here's my brain. I'm thinking there are some instances, though, in business where if you're not completely organized and you are. And I'm trying to think of an appropriate term that's not cussing. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not if you're giving crap to something, then it may it may not be that it's not going to work for you. Maybe it is something that is your gift. Like if, 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 if it's the gift of, of speaking or whatever, but you're not organized enough, you're putting crap into it. You're not setting up a system that you can automate and work efficiently. Then that can be, it's going to be crap also. Yeah. So I feel like it's almost like you really need to have, like, I really like the, the way that you put it where you were like, just pause 
pause because you got to be really honest with yourself. Is it you're not serving your purpose or is it because you're doing a crap job because you're doing too much stuff? You're all over the place and you're not really putting enough the the right effort into the one thing that you know is really your calling. Yeah, I am grateful that you did bring that up because the last thing I would want is for people to hear this and think, oh, okay, well, Amanda said if this doesn't feel good and if it's not working, I'm just going <laughs> to throw in the towel here because you're so right. There is a, a strategic piece to that. And something, the last time I was hoping, hosting a group coaching program, I said to this to them so many times that I assume they got sick of hearing it. But at the end of the program, I started to see them putting this into action. And that is, I'm going to say analyzing because I, another word's not coming to my mind right now, but really analyzing and having discernment in every decision that you make before you send out an email before you respond to a phone conversation, what has helped me the most in my business is slowing down. Where in the beginning, I was like, well, if I just keep pushing, if I just keep bulldozing through this, I am bound to make effort. And something's going to happen. But I was putting the same, for lack of a better term, wrong effort forward. It wasn't coming from a place of knowing and desire and love and abundance. I was taking action from a place of fear and scarcity because I was a brand new business owner that had no idea what I was doing with not a lot of income coming in. And naturally, right. of course, I'm going to act and react from that place. Probably forever, if I'm being honest. I do this work for a living and I know all of the tools, but I know me too. And I know that my tendency to be afraid and to react from that place is strong. So I have to crank up the slowing down in order to really understand why am I sending out this payment reminder to a client who is supposed to make a payment tomorrow? Is it because it's part of my system? Or is it because I believe deep down in my heart that she doesn't want to be a part of this program? And if I don't send this message to her, she's going to back out because her heart's not really in it. Do you see how that tiny decision, sending out a payment reminder email, is actually a peek into the neurosis that I have and the doubts that I have about my business? And being able to be aware when that's happening and again, pause, breathe. Redecide, and in in that instance, as you were as you were explaining that, I I thought a little bit about myself also, and and I've had to automate the process for payments because I have severe, in my opinion, money mindset issues that I've had to work through, and if I have it, if I leave it up to me to send that out, it's almost like it'll never get done. Because then that whole story starts coming in. So now I don't even like I have it set up. I don't even think about it. It gets automated. So it, when you when you said that, when you mentioned that, 
what's ringing true in our conversation today is the importance of understanding who the heck you are. Like, understand who you are. Amanda knows she needs to pause a little bit. Jasmine knows she needs to pause because I'll go 150 miles an hour and run myself ragged. And and what happens is I don't get the gr- amount of growth that I can get if I would just slow down. And for Amanda, she knows that she needs that for, for her clarity to make sure that she's, you know, working within her purpose. So if you know you've got those inklings in there, of those repeated lessons that keep showing up in your life, because they will show up over and over again, then you need to find a way to address that. And for me, I've had to. And, and, and as you were talking about that payment invoice, I was like, oh, my goodness, ain't that the truth? <laughs> oh, my word. I automate that. Yep. Yeah. And it's learning when we have to do that because, (laughs) you know, it it will take a lot more of my time and energy to send those out. My brain shouldn't have to go there. I feel like as a new entrepreneur, I did so much stuff that I really didn't need to be doing just because I felt like I needed to be doing something. Would you be willing to share what that was? I'll give you a perfect example. I worked on my website, which by the way, you know, because as of our last podcast recording, I still did not have a functioning website. I worked on my website night and day for months because I felt like I needed to be doing something. My website didn't get done because I wasn't excited about it. I get so frustrated with technology that I could rip my hair out of my head. (laughs) And at the time, I had no clients and I'm not saying that a website isn't great and it's not wonderful for marketing, but let's be real here. What did I need to do? Have conversations with people, period. That's it. No one knew that I was behind the scenes pecking away at my computer, trying to change fonts and make all of the colors match. I was putting all this effort forward, but I wasn't telling anyone that I was a life coach. I wasn't having conversations. I was like, man, I'm working so hard on my business. I'd be in tears by the end of the day. But I wasn't putting my effort in the places that felt good and true to me. And what do I need a website for if I'm not even telling anyone that I have a website or that I have a business? So that was an example of something that had I stayed on that trajectory, I may not have gotten off the ground. and. I love B-School, but that was one of the reasons that I got so caught up in the website because I was like, oh my gosh, business owners need websites that are clear and we know exactly who our avatar is and we know our ideal client and all of this. So I'm going to tell you a little secret, Jasmine. I cannot clearly articulate to this day who my ideal client is. Mm, but you serve people so well exactly because i just show up and serve and you know what you better you better preach amanda okay (laughs) you better preach honey yeah (laughs) the things that hold us back in our business will continue to hold us back as long as that's the story that we tell ourselves i said i'm not getting clients because i don't know who my ideal client is When I change the narrative to, I don't need to know who my ideal client is to have clients. I started getting clients. I changed my little tag on Instagram at least once a week to say something different. Look at it next week. I promise you, it won't say what it says today. (laughs) 
I just changed mine like three weeks ago. <laughs> and we can get so wrapped up in that. We're like, oh man, is this so clear that the next person that reads this is going to know exactly what I do? And I'm not saying that there isn't validity to that because, you know, I have so many friends in the coaching industry who are marketing and branding specialists and that works. But again, know when you're participating in activities that are prohibiting you from moving forward. And for me, getting lost in my niche and getting lost in my branding and my website was stopping me from serving and showing up. I love that. Thank you. You're so welcome. Because we, you could start a business without all the bells and whistles. You can start a business without the bells and whistles. And at the end of it all is how do you connect with your community that you're serving? How do you connect with them? How are you building trust? How are you building a relationship? And you've done that, Amanda, you've done it so beautifully. And it's just a huge testament to that being the priority for anyone is building that community. And of course, I'll put underneath that your email list, okay? Because how do you contact with them? How do you even write back to them? It doesn't have to be like this glorious, beautiful, you know, Email can be just basic, you know, font, you know, keep it simple. But um, I love that you mentioned that. And it's a hard realization, though, for many new entrepreneurs because they see all the pretty things from other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I've gotten distracted, you know, which is why I've got to stop unfollowing some people or take them off of my feed just so I can get focused and clear where I need to be, especially if I feel like it's triggering me. I love that. All right, let's let's dive in because we can spend forever <laughs> on that. But I want to dive into you taking this leap and jump in, in to being a co-author of a book because you made a post a few days ago, or it may have been yesterday, who knows, the days are running into <laughs> together, um, about the fear that kind of kept you from, from doing it. And now it's here. And I would love for you to kind of share what that process was like for you and what this book is about. Absolutely. So I have been writing pretty much my whole life poems when I was younger. I used to write songs and then I just stopped because life, you know, responsibilities. I got to be an adult, get a job, go to school. But writing keeps coming back into my life. I started a blog when I started my business and that was actually where the season of becoming started. It was a blog before it was a business. And I've always used my words in the form of writing most recently to express myself and connect with others. Now, when it came to the thought of writing a book, my head basically just imploded. It was like, I want to write a book. You can't even think about that right now. So many steps, all of these things. You need to be super clear on what you want to write about. And kind of like I handle my business, I had to be quiet (laughs) to all of those voices that were telling me that I couldn't do this. What they were really saying is this is scary. And I was waiting hopefully for a point that it wasn't going to be scary anymore. Well, that didn't happen. And I had a friend, Gayla, she owns a business called Lace and Dust, and she creates beautiful handmade creations out of wood, out of string, out of pretty much anything. And she created a book for me that had the title of my future book 
as always, you've got this. Number one, best-selling author. And it was this, honestly, the most kind gift that I had ever received. But it was the push that I needed because (laughs) as an entrepreneur, I'm saying all the time, I don't know what the next right step is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing next. Just show me a sign. Just show me a sign. And people have been telling me to write a book for at least the past few years. But for some reason, I wasn't accepting that sign. I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm good, though. (laughs) Later, one day, and then this massive sign in the form of this beautiful gift falls into my lap. And at that point, I said to myself, if not now, when? And that dialogue of, well, maybe when you know a little more, when you're a better writer, when your grammar is a little bit better. If you've ever read one of my Instagram posts, you know that that is not a strong suit of mine. But what? in the decision. <laughs> Girl, bye. Yes, it is. Okay. Your posts are wonderful. <laughs> I actually have my fiance's mom sometimes um, correct my grammar before I send it out. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm I'm not writing a book because I'm good at grammar. I'm writing a book because I have a message. So this was kind of my sign that was like, look, what are you waiting for? And I had to get once again real with myself. I am afraid of judgment. I'm afraid that if I tell my story, I'm going to make people uncomfortable. And I love, although I am vulnerable, full transparency, I tread lightly. I do not like to make people feel uncomfortable. I do not like to make people feel unhappy. If you notice, all the comments on my posts are very positive. That's intentional. I feel if I got a negative comment, I'd probably delete it if I'm being true with myself. And... Of course, I don't want to feel uncomfortable, but the thing that I tell myself is, oh, I don't want I don't want other people to feel uncomfortable. I don't want them to hear this opinion and think, oh my gosh, how out there, how non-conventional is that? But that's the reason why it's so important to share this stuff. Because if it was widely accepted, it wouldn't be life-altering. If it was something that everyone knew and everyone practiced, it wouldn't be so monumental and impactful and the scariest stuff is the stuff that ruffles feathers and I said to myself well what's more important my comfort right now their comfort right now or telling them what they need to hear in order to make the changes that they need to make in their life or I don't want to say need but have the opportunity to explore that for them mm-hmm. yes Yes. I mean, everything, everything you're saying is inspiring me because I've dealt with that. Um, In fact, at the end of this year, I'll have my book finished. But I, I've dealt with the same feelings. I am nowhere like I grew up in a disadvantaged background in the city. I use a lot of urban um, (laughs) slang and stuff like that. And and I, I've asked myself, would it, who would even be interested in what I have to say? But I love the fact that you're completely honest and transparent in that. And look at this. It's a beautiful cover. It feels like I'm looking at you. It's like it's like you. Like it's light. 
it it feels like when I when I hear you talk, um, I feel instantly that I am in a safe place and this is a place that can have peace. This is why you host retreats, honey. Okay, and and it's why you make such a, a wonderful impact. Please tell the listeners the name of your book and what is it about. So the book is called Women Who Rise. Okay, and this is a collective book with. 30 authors that each share their own individual story of how they have risen through their own circumstances in their own lives. And it's so beautiful because everyone has something completely unique to offer. I have not even read the other women's stories before, so I personally cannot wait to get my hands on this book. And the journey in and of itself of writing this book with these other women who are also stepping into bravery and vulnerability has been incredibly powerful. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this. That's awesome. Yay. Okay. Uh, Let the listeners know. Well, actually, before I let them know where to find you, I've got to ask one more question. Of course. Um, And this is the last question. The question is, if you were to go back in time, you kind of alluded to this, but if you were to go back in time, your very first year of being in business, what's the one word of advice you would give yourself? Trust yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone else. That's wonderful. All right. Let the listeners know where they can find you. You can find me at my website, theseasonofbecoming.com. And I am constantly sharing my journey and connecting with others through Instagram at the season of becoming. Awesome. Thank you. It's such a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking with you, Amanda. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.